What is going on? You know, I've, I've been thinking about something lately. The argument about the greatest writer of all time. It's been going on for a while. You know, we, we all know the top names, those top tier writers. You got you got Matt Kaufman, Daniel Mira, or maybe Dennis Anderson. You know? We all knew those names. But what about the worst writer of all time? Like imagine having having that feat or that title. I'm the worst writer of all time, man. Or not even that. I'd say the most soulless writer of all time. That's what I've really been thinking about. Which writer just does nothing for you? You know, when you see their their footage, which writer just doesn't just doesn't do it for you? They don't, you know, they don't make your dick move. That was a subtle George Costanza reference if you didn't catch it. And I was thinking about it. It's like, I, I know there's a couple writers that I could just name right now, man, who just haven't just, they just haven't done it for me. But I don't want to, I don't want to drop names, you know? I don't want to be a hater. I, let's leave the hating back to season one. You know what I'm saying? It's not, I'm trying to, I don't want it to be my style anymore, but there's some writers, man, that that they just lack that soul for me. But whatever. Let's move on. We got a guest today. Uh I'm recording live from the Shitsonian Studios. I'm out in, I'm out here in uh I'm out here in DC. Uh I actually got a little little office at the Smithsonian Museum. It's you know what, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a closet. Um but you know, they gave me my space to do to do my to do my interviews. So I'm out here. I'm out here in this uh this storage room doing my thing, and uh, we got a guest today, his name is Shad Johnson, you, I'm sure you've heard his name, if you ride BMX, if you've been, if you've been in BMX for a little while, you've heard Shad Johnson, you've heard of Goods BMX, I'm sure, uh, one thing about Shad is like, he's always just done the right thing, I feel like, he's been in this BMX shit for a while, and he's just always done it proper, you know? And that's what I've always admired about him. And yeah, as you'll hear in the interview, I you know, I sucked his dick a little bit digitally. But but that's only because I truly respect what he's done, you know? I'm not just I'm not going to do that to just anybody that comes on you. I got to know you a little bit first, you know? But anyways, let's get into this interview with Shad Johnson. And uh I'm stoked y'all are here. I know it's been a while, but we're back. So let's do this thing. Anthony Napolitan. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, dude. Sick. Any reproduction of this recorded. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sick. That's my uncle, by the what way. What are you doing? All right, so you want me to do a little explaining, is that it? Girls' pants, sleeping on floors. Black shit, two by fours. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Yo, DJ. 
drop that. Yeesh. <laughs> I haven't heard that in so long, man. Who's feeling this song, though? Look, I know it's been a while. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. I haven't been feeling it. So if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to do an episode because I don't want to fake this, you know? You can't fake the funk. So I'm just, if I get the urge to do it, I'm going to throw one out there. Uh, we got Shad Johnson today. I've been wanting to talk to him for a long fucking time. Uh, you know what's crazy? If anyone anyone out there is married who's listening to this, I know you can relate to this. At least I hope you can. One thing I realized the other day is, like, my text conversations with my wife are, like, half, they're, like, half sexting and half just normal everyday shit. Like, everyday family stuff. (laughs) This shit is crazy. Like, the other day, she's texting me, like, oh, I can't wait till tonight. You know, I'm gonna, you know, when you get home, I'm gonna, you know, you know, you get it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, and I'm like, yeah. Also, I'm gonna, I gotta stop and get some dog food on the way home. Or like, we'll be talking, you know, doing that, doing the whole thing. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, uh, Lucy's got a dentist appointment at three. <laughs> and then we'll just get right back into it, man. I just. Hopefully y'all can relate to that. I just found it was funny, man. The other day I just realized that I was like, "What the fuck? Are we, why do we always do this, man? It's just so weird." But I don't know, man. Maybe that's a sign of a healthy relationship. Who knows? Anyways, dude. Anyways, man. What's been going on in BMX, man? You know, I'm getting to the point where I, I'm just kind of. I see this. I see this, it's like a, it's like a script you follow, you know, as a rider who's, as a rider who's trying to make it in BMX, there's a script that you gotta, that you gotta follow, um, it involves all these, you know, posting all this stuff, and it's kind of this repetitive, it's kind of this cycle, if you will, of, uh, of these posts, and it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, man, it's getting really... It's losing my interest, and it's getting to the point where I think I might, I'd just love to just 
step back a little bit from this whole thing and I just it's too it's too predictable. That's what it is, man. You got a rider who's coming up a little bit. It, it their their entire it's just predictable, dude, and it's getting repetitive and I just can't I I just see it. Man, it's just starting to I can't do it anymore, man. Anyways, um like I said, I, w- I lost a little motivation on this, but I just want to, you know, I'm here right now and I feel good and I'm motivated because I got to talk to this guy. You know, I got to talk to Shad. I've wanted to talk to him for so long. And then, you know, there were a couple interviews during that time over the past month or two where I just, I was trying to line some stuff up, but just in the process, I just wasn't feeling it, man. Honestly, I recorded an entire episode and after I got done recording it, I just like felt wrong about it I didn't feel good I didn't feel content or satisfied so I just deleted the whole thing I didn't even think twice about it man I just clicked I just clicked undo record you know what I mean and just the whole thing was gone and I I just was in a weird place with this but right now like I said I'm stoked because I got to talk to Shad and I I fucking love that dude so yeah let's just get into it man I don't want to ramble any further but um Huge shout out to Shad and what he's doing out there and running a, a BMX shop in today's day and age. It's just fucking, it's wild, man. So all the love to him, all the support. Um, enjoy this interview. It was awesome. Love picking this dude's brain because he's a fucking, he's a nerd. He's a fucking BMX nerd, man. And uh, I think he'd be proud to tell you he is too. I ain't trying to diss the guy. I love him. Um, I mean that in the best way. He's a, he's a BMX nerd. I, I'm one too. I'm just, I just ain't on his level. So give it up for Shad Johnson. I really appreciate you joining me and you know I've wanted to talk to you for a long time because you know I've always kind of looked up to you so there's a compliment (laughs) for you Um, thank you very much I appreciate it yeah one thing I want to throw at you before we get into this is uh I I think it's very important for any you know any average rider to just really try to leave their mark in BMX you know despite their level of involvement I think it's very important and for you I think you've done a great job of leaving your mark in BMX because I think if someone hears your name, uh, any BMX rider hears your name, it's kind of synonymous with purity and authenticity in BMX. And I just, I just oh, wanted wow. to throw that at you and I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. That That's a very big compliment. I appreciate it. I mean, I just have always just tried riding and try to, I mean, I don't know. I just, just ride. It's just, you know, maybe it's just all the articles I read in old magazines that talked about soul riding and stuff, mm-hmm. but that, you know, that's just the way I look at it. Uh, there was a little audio interruption at this point and kind of got fucked up. So we had to, uh, yeah, it just got fucked up. So sorry about that. Speaking of your shop, dude, uh, fill everybody in on what's going on, man. Just uh, trying to get stuff ready. I mean, we had those two pretty major break-ins last year. Um, yeah. And uh, 
basically I was going to lose my insurance if we stayed at that spot. Mm. So um, my buddy had a warehouse spot and we moved in and we just been building out a whole shop in there. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. I mean, it's, I got hurt racing, so kind of slowed things down and then, mm. you know, I'm still trying to make money, but get things going. I mean, we're like open, but not open. Like all the online stuff's open. If you call okay. me, I'll come outside and help you, but oh, okay. I don't want to show any pictures inside until it's like, I'm happy with it, but yeah. So I'm just plugging away with that. Just trying to, you know, I didn't realize how much shit I had until I moved <laughs> and um, yeah, we, me and uh, Josh Clemens uh, categorized over 3000 BMX magazines. Jesus, dude. Yeah, it's gnarly. Um, I'm going to set, I mean, I have so many extras. I'm going to just pull what I want. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually I'm just going to sell them like they're carded and bagged. Oh, nice. And I have mags that go back to 75, like with a mini cycle BMX action, which yeah. I'll probably keep most of those since I have doubles. But I got from there pretty much to the present. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you said, I, don't, I didn't know I had so much shit. I was like, I probably even knew you had that much shit, you know? Well, it, it I don't know. It's, it's a lot. It's uh <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes people think I have more old stuff than I do. Um, I mean, I keep my things that I really want and I try to get my friends certain things. Um, and then the other things, you know, we're a bike shop. So I, I, I sell things and I get excited helping people find uh, things to, you know, get them excited. So, yeah. 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 And just yeah. going like going back to that authenticity thing I was talking about, I never even really thought of you as a collector. You just seem like a BMX rider who has a lot of shit. Yeah. I mean, I, that's cool because I, I, I mean, there are collectors out there. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the whole collecting world, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to hate on anybody for what they do. And I'm always excited. People are excited about bikes, but yeah, you know, there's dudes that are like, there'll be an awesome like survivor bike and they'll just like strip it and add mm. like as many gimmicks. To yeah. Yeah. Throw some K rads on it or something. Yeah. Where you're like, ah, oh, this dude didn't really ride. And he just like, yeah, just, you know, but yeah, it, <clears throat> it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that's the same in the car world or motorcycle world too, yeah. you know? And I think this argument probably is, is a little dated now, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago, this was a very valid argument, but like you said, it is what it is at this point. It reminds me of my friend S'mores, man. That dude's just a straight up poser, dude. He, he's a, he doesn't even ride BMX, man. So <laughs> whenever I go to his house, I'm like, you fucking dickwad. Like you don't need to have this bike. Yeah. I mean, no, <clears throat> great, dude. Yeah. I, the one thing that always gets me is I see all these dudes are like, cause the prices for GT and dyno stuff have like went up like, insane sure yeah like if you have a, like a gt performer like five years ago i had a really yeah. nice minty purple one and i sold for 900 bucks mm-hmm. really and it sold like within five minutes so i should have sold it for more but nowadays that bike would probably be you see them and they are selling for that for like 2500 almost three grand and then you see dudes buying these bikes and they probably wanted these bikes when they were little and now they have money which is the story with a lot of people but the thing that makes me and i don't even know if a lot of people know this there's these GT uh, platforms you can bolt onto bikes. Oh, yeah. They're worthless. And these dudes are bolting these. Like, every time I see one of those, I'm like, that dude definitely never <laughs> rode. He just added <laughs> as many things on the bike as he can. But, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that Again, that dude S'mores had, uh, it was like, I think it was m- maybe a world tour or something like that. Really old. Yeah. And it was it was all blue. And he actually won the Rockford, like the Midwest Nationals vintage yeah, yeah. show. He won best in show, but that had a bolt on 
uh, uh, with the, the platform. Yeah, platform. Cool. I wish I could throw every one of those gross things away. Yeah, <laughs> I sell every GT performer I got because all I want is an 87, not 80, 86 GT performer uh, mm-hmm. that my like my stepbrother had that I used to mm-hmm. ride all the time. And I it's in the in the GT blue and it had mags. I just I've had the nicest performers and I sell every one because I just I don't even care if it's crappy. I just mm-hmm. I'm looking for that one, but it's like I don't know if I'll ever find that one now with a, the GT prices. I kind of am like, yeah. oh, I kind of screwed myself. So, so yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of those eighties writers, I was watching an interview with you recently and you had mentioned, so you were, you were alluding to the idea that you wished riders still like from the eighties and so on stuck around and still rode. And it immediately, I kind of disagreed with you and it, it really just got me thinking like, yeah, especially riders in the '80s, they got out of it like as quickly as they got in. It seems like. And well, it's because I mean, the money. Like, if you were a pro rider, yeah. that money disappeared within like probably three months. But it kind of left, you know, because they had that that start and that end. It kind of left their catalog of footage very. It's very special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if it were to continue for another decade or two, I feel like it would just be a little watered down, and it just wouldn't be as like. I don't know. It went for me. It wouldn't be as special to watch. I mean, you think that, but then you look at like some of those dudes who, I mean, a lot of those dudes didn't stop writing, you know? Yeah, that's true. They just, they just got jobs and went, I mean, if you look at footage of Wilkerson, I mean, he's like probably like 53 now, but on his 50th birthday, he did a 25 foot air on the mega ramp. He wanted to be 50 feet off the ground. Yeah, I, I saw you know, that. So the, there are things, you know, there are parts of it that, you're just like, oh, this is it's, still awesome and it's, it's still, still relevant and valid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like dudes like Blyther and uh Lee Reynolds, I think <laughs> could have probably been writing in the X games in the 90s if they really wanted to, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm I know Blyther could have, and I'm pretty sure Lee could have. And it's yeah, you know, it's not winning, but it's it's to dudes, each generation has uh people they look up to and that motivate them, you know? Yeah. And I'm kind of that weird age where. I have old school and mid school, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's nice as you get older to uh, still have those same dudes inspire you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I do feel like, I mean, BMX in the early 90s, it was so weird and so many things fell out and then came back. But I feel like the door was slammed so fast on them and yeah. even kind of media just was like, I remember Ride had an article. It's like old school with uh, Eddie Fiola. You know, it was like probably like their 10th issue. Mm-hmm. It was Eddie testing some red line. And you're like, back, you know, this was like 1993. So if you think five years ago in 88, Eddie was pretty much just at the peak of his game. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. pipe. his peak of his game was pipeline and riding cement parks. Mm-hmm. But you're like five years nowadays when you think back, it, it, it's not even anything, totally, you know, it's like yesterday. Yeah, and Eddie was still really good, but to them he was ancient, you know. Wow, and it's just that's like, wild. The way you, you know, it's like Eddie's style still nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But no, and I I get that, like where you know, let's say a dude like Mike Dominguez, mm-hmm. and you think about his catalog work, it's so small, but it's right. so impactful, and you barely seen stuff after he's kind of stepped away from being pro. You've seen yeah. little things, you know, he still can ride, but right. Uh, you don't, you know. I hear rumors of like, you know, I've heard rumors of him doing 900s a few years ago and doing flares and stuff at like his own ramps in a warehouse, you know, wow. but yeah. no one ever saw it. It was just for yeah. him. Yeah. So. 
Uh, let me throw a name at you, man. The a writer that I really thought was awesome in the eighties, and I'd never saw a bunch of their footage, but Carlo Griggs. Oh yeah, he's a uh, he's probably one of the top five vert writers ever. You know, like yeah, his, he had such a strong pump. Um, he's kind of the Mike Dominguez slash Matt Hoffman of England. You know, like yeah, yeah. You see footage of him at 14, 15, um, doing like, I mean, well above 10 foot airs. On oh, yeah, quarters. yeah. I mean, his pump with mags, you know, and <laughs> I don't think people, especially younger dudes, and I'm not expecting younger dudes to follow this or, you know, nerd out about it or, mm-hmm. but, you know, with a set of tough wheels, you, you're really pushing it if you go past 60 PSI. So for him to be doing an air like that yeah, is outrageous yeah and that's what really attracted me to his writing was just seeing those photos of him just blasting at a real young age like i just thought it was incredible man yeah and there there was some good footage uh dave mavro posted up of him uh writing some uh contests here in the states in the late 90s on his his youtube channel that was pretty awesome oh sweet he didn't come to very many state contests statewide and uh there he was definitely just like destroying it sweet dude speaking of high airs what's the highest you've ever aired Mm, probably we used to have a 10 foot vert ramp, um, in hood river and, uh, probably just barely above eight feet on that. That's oh, okay. So you never hit I've, that 10 foot mark. No, I, I think if that ramp was a little closer, it was like just over an hour away. You know, if we had something in town, cause mm-hmm. we always had like nine and eight foot quarters. And usually a lot of people say it's like hard. This is the same from back in the day. I think kids have changed now with the way they pump ramps, but, uh, uh, you know, back in the day, it was harder, hard to go higher than the ramp was, you know, once you, yes, you, dude, I was riding, just going to ask you that. Yeah. You're riding an eight foot ramp. Once you get to eight feet, it's, it's hard, you know? Mm-hmm. So, the, so me riding that 10 foot ramp, you know, me and, and Bristol and Daniel Randall and uh, Bruce Christman and a few of these dudes would always go ride this ramp. Uh, well, we wouldn't always, or we'd have been better at it, but you know, it, it was a few towns away. So we'd go out there and just ride it in the summer. And if it was closer, I think I could have got 10 feet, you know, because yeah. riding vert is just being comfortable. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. So I think just a little above eight feet, there were some posts on the back that were eight feet and I could go a little higher than those. So cool. Yeah. I never hit the 10. I'm happy mark. with that, but if I, you know, in my head, I still, even though I'm about to turn 45, I feel like if I could get a house and, um, get a ramp or, you know, there's, I'm, I'm not out of the hunt yet, but I know the door is closed, <laughs> but, uh, I, I would still like to be in the 10 foot club, but it, you know, I'm still pretty happy. I mean, for my goals from when I was a little kid to now I've far exceeded them. Yeah. So, uh, eight, eight and a half on a 10 foot vert ramp. I, I, I was happy with it. That's awesome, man. And, uh, going back to what you're saying, I've always thought it was amazing when a rider can air higher than the ramp is tall, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... I love that. Yeah, I I don't I mean that that goes back to that car that Carlo Griggs stuff, you know, yeah. him going that high on eight foot quarters, like it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And that's what brought, you know, when Matt was young, that's he would do that too, you know. It's yeah, people that have that that just that that nasty pump in them. It, yeah. it's, it's it's crazy. Um, so I got you on here, man, to ask you about some BMX racing. But before that, I have just a million other questions I've been wanting to ask you yeah, for yeah. fucking years. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, being from being from Portland, and we pronounce it Oregon, by the way. Not yeah, Oregon. no, I Oregon. We used to play Oregon Trail when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. You got to think of it as O R Y G U N Oregon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how was the Burnside scene? 
in the 90s versus today? Has it changed? Oh, it changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, the first time I rode there was like in 91, 92. Um, and I had a skateboard like just whizzed by my head. And then I moved there in 96. And there was like dudes, have been, you know, dudes have always rode there, you know. Um, but I moved to Portland because all of our trails kind of kept getting torn down in Eugene. And I started riding with uh, my buddy, Andy Merrill, Daniel Randall, uh, Bristol, Twinfin. You know, there was, our, there was a little crew, uh, Jeremy Davis. Mm-hmm. uh Shane Youngren but we'd get there before before the sun came up and we'd usually be out like and this is like 95 96 we'd be out by by eight o'clock because that was only skate park in the Portland area so by eight o'clock there'd be like sometimes 30 35 people there and it's not a very big skate park um and we just kept pushing our times yeah. you know and and trying to help out you know and there's dudes that would recognize that and there was dudes that wouldn't and mm-hmm. we'd get in fights and stuff but I mean, it, it, it definitely was gnarlier. It was dirtier. It yeah. was, it, I mean, there's dudes that moved to Portland now that want to pretend like it's that, like, you know, some young dudes mm. that want to be like a Burnside dude. And I got, yeah. You. And you're just like, yo dude, <laughs> ship has sailed. <laughs> it's still change. pretty gross sometimes down there, but <laughs> you know, the city's growing around it and what used to just be like, kind of looked like a Mad Max area of Portland yeah. uh, is like really nice uh condo building next oh, to it um like gentrified a little bit yeah it's definitely you know it you know with covid and everything it's kind of stopped like that area was moving and now everything's kind of stopped um but it's it's definitely changed um i mean there's kind of an unsaid rule bikes bikes till noon you know like oh gee yeah. dude you know me i know them like mm-hmm. you know i'm not I never, somebody says something, I just kind of like laugh at them because I'm like, yeah. I don't know who you well, you're are. You're a 45 year old man. I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm like, you're like 22, like <laughs> riding here longer than you've been alive. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's definitely changed a lot. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stories back in the day, you know, like, or stepping in, you could step in people's shit all the time down there. Or you, you know, I, there's been, you know, people overdosed and you find dead bodies. Oh my I God. Never a dead body, but you, you'd see gross things like, yeah. and there, it, it, it was a, it was a unique little bubble back there then in the nineties, you know? And I think yeah. that's why people still talk about it, you know? Yeah. I got you. I, I've been to Rockford, Illinois. I could picture what, what, what you're <laughs> describing. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool. It was, I mean, it, it definitely was the spot where I went from like, I think being like a, okay bike rider to mm-hmm. like a really good bike rider you oh, know that okay we like all of us i mean that time were really pushing each other because yeah we were in that little weird spot up in the northwest everybody in the northwest in the 90s no i we, no, i've never even been there ever yeah so we all kind of thought you know you back then when you'd see media you'd see all this stuff and you're like these guys are so good so we try to be like as you know pushing ourselves to just get to that level and now in hindsight you look back and you're like oh we were actually pretty good like we had a pretty good little crew but back then we we never even thought we were even close to the pros levels you know well i don't think we kind of realized it till bruce won the x Games. yeah i mean what i was gonna say you guys were kind of like a gritty version of a california rider i mean yeah i've never i mean i i guess you could say that yeah i mean i always just think it's like there's a certain type of northwest rider even if you look back to the riders in the 80s if you look at a lot of the pros that have came out of the Northwest, they like kind of blow up and then go, Whoa, this is weird. And they disappear. <laughs> you know, you could look at Daryl young from race. I mean, Daryl yeah. young was around, but you know, he, he kind of pulled back. 
you look at Josh White, you know, he, mm. he got sick of touring. He got sick of contests. He just yeah. wanted to ride. He pulled back, mm. you know, and you look at Bruce, he won the X games and he kind of pulled back, you know, it's like, yeah. And you know, uh, Darren Reed, like dudes, dudes that could be doing more than they did, you know, like, let's yeah. say they lived in Southern California. That'd be way, way more popular way. You know, but yeah, they just kind of pull back, you know, I yeah. think that's kind of a Northwest thing. It'd be interesting to talk to a handful of those riders you had mentioned, just kind of get their, their story and just their side of the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, from what I've talked to most dudes, they just, you know, it's like sometimes just being with the homies and riding is more important than like, yeah. uh, you know, which do traveling and doing all that stuff's awesome. But I mean, yeah. sometimes it will burn you out, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Anything, you know, anything you get burnt out of anything. Yeah. Um, how about the scene, just the overall BMX scene now versus nineties. And let me just say one thing that is like, when I was looking back, when I started riding, uh, mid late nineties and then into the two thousands, I really felt like I had to do things a certain way. I had to yeah. like wear this shit and I had to, my bike had to look like this. I don't know. That's just my opinion and how I took it. But now I like how you can just kind of do whatever you want and it's okay. Maybe that's just me getting older, but I think, I think it's just you getting older. Oh, okay. Um, but maybe not, but I know when I was younger in the eighties, I dressed a certain way, which was the same way every dude dressed mm -hmm. and had my bike set up and so, you know, into the nineties. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you kind of get stuck in your little old man rut, you know, which yeah. is enjoyable because you're like, this makes me happy, you yeah, know? Yeah. But I mean, you look at younger kids now and they got the super square four piece bars, a free coaster, a Kandama, which yeah. I'm yeah, not hating. That's true. That's true. I'm not hating on any of that. Like, dude, <laughs> if that stuff, it's freestyle. If you're hyped on it, you're hyped on it. Like, you know, there'll be dudes that like, oh, hey, hey you'll get at this. It's like, it's freestyle BMX, dude. If that bike makes you hyped, cool. If you want to sit around and uh, ride a little and play Kadama. Cool. I mean, I know dudes that used to play at the yo-yos and ride. <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, it, but the, I mean, the thing I look at is it's never that much different. It's just, you know, sometimes people want to make it more of a divide than it really is. <laughs> but, um, but I, I do think the, in the mid school, there was one thing that was different than an old school or whatever you want to call nowadays, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, there was more of a strict, a lot more rules came down. Like when mid school ah. came in heavy, you'd shit on dudes wearing full face. You'd shit yeah, on yeah. dudes wearing full running full freestyle bikes that weren't like trail bikes. Like I remember being like, Whoa, weird. Like when I saw Sandy Carson and Joe rich take off some pegs, take off their gyros. Mm -hmm. And they went from being like what I thought was a freestyle guy to what was the uh, kind of architectural blueprint for like what mid school is going to be you know yeah, yeah and you know me at the same time being like early 20s i was like oh, that's whack you know because i always rode four pegs mm -hmm. but i never really rode a gyro yeah um but you know where you're just you're in your early 20s and you're very opinionated about oh people, yeah yeah you know uh which it's not whack those those dudes <laughs> are icons they they know what they're doing <laughs> but um i do feel like there's some heavy ruling that came down and i think you've noticed this like when you look back and so mid school is like, don't do bow legged tabletops. You need to look like this. You need to look right. like this. You know? And it was like, your tabletops need to look like Christopher's or Justin Inman. And if you bow leg and an X up, you're whack. And, you know, but you look back at some dudes doing honestly some bow legged tabletops or, <laughs> dude, the style was sick. It just, their bikes are 18 and a half inches long. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I do think there was some heavy ruling that came down um, 
you know, I think like certain writers got a big brunt of that in the, mm. in the nineties, you know, like rooftop. Yeah. yeah. Um, Eben crack, you know, Eben just dudes that were like super freestyle dudes that never really were like trail dudes or like yeah. went that way. You know, they took that mid school kind of heat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I do think that's one thing. And I think that's what makes mid school kind of awesome at the same time is it, is it had this super charge to it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's the one thing I do to see, see that's a little different with mid school is it, it wasn't really like militarized, but it, it was like, it was like a it, code. It, there was like certain rules, you know, and then it kind of went yeah. to you, you can't ride in grass if you're riding street. <laughs> so, you know, it, yeah. it it's, it's crazy. Like a fluctuating code in BMX. That's always changing. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, well, at that same time, the word freestyle got lost. You know, it was, we're riding BMX. We're not freestyle. Yeah. But at the same time, when you lost that word freestyle, that's when you got a lot of extra rules. And yeah. uh, you those, those rules took away, you know, aspects to have fun. Like, if you live in the country, sorry, bro, you're not riding on cement for your street <laughs> stuff. You're riding... <laughs> You're riding in grass and dirt, <laughs> like you know, like you see a cool tree ride and it's in the grass. You're gonna ride it, like you know. It's like everybody can't live in the city, you know. Yeah, yeah I used to. My friends and I used to uh, snowboard down big corn um, hills. They used to dump yeah. this corn, and that was our basically our mountain. <laughs> yeah, I mean we 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 rode dirt jump. I mean there weren't dirt jumps. There'd be like by our fairground big piles of dried manure yes oh shit we made jumps out of them dude like, <laughs> oh my god it, i mean it wasn't when you grew up in the country it wasn't gross like it's just cow it's like yeah. just grass like you know but and it'd be sitting there forever and it's like you know when you see like a dirt thing you're like that's kind of a jump yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah that's awesome so, yeah uh, quick question for you as i was uh watching some of your old footage you were very you notoriously would sit down after you did a trick as you rode away. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get that. I, you know, I don't even really notice that till like a month ago. And I get that. I think from a dude I grew up riding with uh, this dude, Eric Jensen. Okay. Uh, we always call him ODB. He still rides. He's like 54. Um, he's kind of like a, I don't think the Northwest scene would be the same without his influence, mm-hmm. but he grew up a town away from me. He's about 10 years older. And, uh, he does the sit down right away. <laughs> the only thing I didn't get is he'd sit down right up. Like if he was going to do a handrail, he'd be sitting down. Oh, weird. <laughs> but I think it's just coming from like the eighties where your seat was. so Yeah. High. I think that's, and I thought about that too. I was like, yeah, I think he sat down a lot because his seat was so high. Yeah. My, my seat got really low there for like a little, little and like the early, like the 2005, you know, when Eddie was around and we were all riding and mm-hmm. you know, uh, but my seats, my seat's been high most of my riding <laughs> So I think yeah. it's just seat high, but I literally didn't notice that until, man, somebody pointed that out to me the other day and I was like, Oh, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Maybe I'm just relieved after pulling a trick. I yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm relieved. done. Yeah. That's so, funny. Yeah. Man. Uh, I, I miss, I, I want to see more stuff like that in BMX. And also another thing is like, kind of like the aggro facial expression and just ratitude in general, man. Do you ever miss stuff like that? And in, in yeah, I mean, I, mix? I, I do like seeing like aggro stuff. Like, uh, you know, I feel like the way photos, photos have changed. So you're not really, maybe it's changed just because we're not staring at magazines as much, you know, yeah, like maybe photos you'd, change a bit too. you'd stare at it for a month, you know? Yeah. So you'd pick apart the whole photo and you'd right. be like, Oh, this and this. Where now it's like, 
you know, Instagram's your magazine nowadays. So you're just scrolling through and you're, you're taking it in, but there are pieces that you're missing. We're getting different pieces now. You know, you're seeing really how good everybody is yeah. if they want to show it, mm-hmm. but you're missing certain parts of style. Like, you know, I don't think certain writers would be as popular from the eighties and nineties nowadays as they were then because they had a good look or, you know, they yeah. had a certain, I mean, a certain aggression does come through in photos, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I do, I do miss that. You know, I came from there with magazines and it's nice that there's still a little bit of print out there, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, tricks have almost gotten so gnarly that you can't, uh, show them in that way where you might see that aggression, I you know, you. because, you know, everybody wants just the craziest tricks. And sometimes you're yeah. like, well, I gotta be far enough away to show this, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. Cool, man. Uh, very quick questions. I know you're a busy man and then oh, we'll no, talk no, about you're, some you're, racing. You're good, you're good. You're good. What's your favorite frame of all time? <laughs> it's pretty easy. It's a Wilkerson airlines riot. Oh, okay. There's a lot of close ones, but yeah, that frame is like the frame where I think I went from like a little, like I learned, you know, there's a point where you have like a maybe five year span where you learn most of your tricks you do nowadays. Yeah. And mine was on, I had two Wilkerson's um, and I was super Ron Wilkerson fanboy. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, but I'd say the Wilkerson riots, um, for let's say that's my old school frame mm-hmm. and my mid school frame. If I had a favorite would probably be my like solid killing machine. Oh, sweet. Um, I really loved my solid killing machine. Like, um, and in hindsight, I think it's even cooler now than when I had it. So. <laughs> Do you drink alcohol? I've never drank in my life. Really? No, I've never done anything. Oh, cool, man. I'm not, dude, I'm fine with everybody doing it. I just, I get you when I was younger, I just wanted to ride bikes so much that I just didn't even think about it. Like, and I grew up in a really small town and I didn't like all the cowboys that I went to school with. Yeah. And so I never hung out with people that were drinking. I was just trying to ride or, I mean, back in, back then I skateboarded and snowboarded a bunch. So I was just trying to do that stuff and just get out of my town. Mm -hmm. And then when I got out, I was just like girls and bikes (laughs) (laughs) right on dude uh last thing before bmx racing your shop going on 16 years now right i think we just hit 16 yeah april 1st congratulations man a bmx specific shop 16 years that's that's amazing that's weird that's really cool it's incredible man you just don't see it i'm hyped it's kind of cool i'm excited for the new the i'm i'm trying to change a few things you know like you know, you got to be ready because I don't think retail is going to stay the same forever, you know? Yeah. So I'm tr- going to try to, you know, we've always went back and forth between the trying to do stuff on, you know, we've always sold stuff online, but, mm-hmm. you know, try to focus more on that and, um, you know, be nice just to get back to doing fun jams and stuff. Yeah. Too. But um, I am trying to do the shop a little more where, you know, some dudes come town. I, I mean, when you're 45, you kind of look at your ride and you're like, I can only really ride. I mean, who knows? But, you know, I'm like, you're, you just want to get these sessions in with homies when they come to town. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm not putting hours up anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm here most of the time, but if I'm not here, sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's cool. If I could take, man, if I could look at your mind, I would picture like a pie chart and there'd be a million different sections of just you and things you're into. And I've always thought you've just been a real creative dude and you've branched out quite a bit. So tell me, BMX racing, how did that idea get started for you? 
Yo, before we jump into that, uh, I just want to throw something out there. I've been thinking about some some podcast episodes, and one thought crossed my mind. Have you ever quit writing? Uh, for me, I, the thought has never really even crossed my mind, but I just, I'm just i very curious to hear from other people. Have you ever quit? Have you ever thought about quitting? What were the reasons why? Was it a personal choice? Just, you know, maybe you had other stuff going on in your life, or were you just kind of over BMX? Uh, let me know. Let's uh, let's figure out an episode. Hit me up, 317-661-1339, or just shoot me a message if you're interested in getting on the podcast, whatever. Just holler at me. All right, let's get back to this interview. So anyways, dude, let's talk about some racing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk racing. I almost got my race bike together. Yeah, I saw the picture, dude. Um, just tell me, man, like earlier you said that you were into racing as a young kid. You always kind of fascinated by it, but like what took you so long to really get into it? Um, there was only one track by, it wasn't even by my town. I mean, it was probably like the track is, it was outside a little bit up outside of Ben, like on the way to Mount bachelor. Mm-hmm. So from where I lived in Prineville, uh, it would have been probably, you know, an hour away, which isn't that crazy, but my dad was, was a logger and he worked pretty much six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, usually, you know, they all have races Thursday nights or Saturday or it just wouldn't have panned out, you know, like my dad worked like two hours away every day and would yeah. come home and just basically sleep on his day off or do yard work. Uh, so <laughs> I just never, ever had the chance to go, you know, my parents, when I was, you know, when I was younger, they, we had ramps and stuff, but they didn't think us like, you know, it's just a kid with doing whatever. And, uh, by the time I got 16, had my own car, like I'd go to the track and watch races. Like I'd go watch, uh, you know, I was friends with like Ian Monroe and Ryan Schur and I'd, yeah. I'd see them race. And I remember going to a governor, I went to a gov, the closest I ever came to racing here's a funny story. I went to a governor's cup to watch mm-hmm. and Bend at that time had a really cool track. It, you had your starting hill, which wasn't that steep. And then you had a, a little step down. And then a roller, and then there was a step up. But the landing, the step up, this it when you landed on it, it went like uh, you know almost a story downhill to like a twenty foot long tabletop. Mm-hmm. So we used to jump the fence and just ride that step up the tabletop a lot when I was a kid. Um, just drive over to Bend and and ride that. So I borrowed Ian Monroe's number plate and his helmet, and I took my pegs off. I had a Wilkerson Airlines with a tough wheel on the front and uh, you know forty eight in the back. I didn't even know what a gate start was. They were just doing practice. But in my head, I was like, I'm racing all these fools right now. And I, and I, you know, I kind of knew the track from just jumping the fence and riding it. Mm-hmm. So the gate drops and, you know, you're just, dudes are just practicing. And right, I right. Take, yeah. take off. I'm like, yeah, like get in there. And I jumped the step up and dudes are jumping the tabletop because it was better to jump it, I think, than speed roll it. Mm-hmm. And then I try to swoop everybody in the berm and my mag flexes out and I take out a full <laughs> gate. Like in oh my practice. God. And dudes were hella pissed. And then they're like, you're not, you know, it came out that I was even like registered and like, <laughs> uh, I got Ian in trouble and, uh, yeah, it, it, it was funny, but that's close as I came to racing until like a few months ago. Wow. That's, that's so, so crazy. Such yeah. a long stretch of time, dude. Yeah. That would have been like 93 to now or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool. It was the first time I got to see Daryl Young ride. He was ripping the track. So. Oh, cool. Uh, so what, I, like I mean, what kind of started this, this fire for you now, man? Um, I think the, I mean, there's a bunch of my friends up here that are kind of raced down. I think the 
fire it. My, my friend Riley Pete, um, mm-hmm. some people might know his name. He's, he's like been around the Northwest forever. Uh, if you've uh-huh. seen the Portland scene report, you know, all these names. Yeah. So, and Riley <laughs> had the cover of faction back in the day too, doing a oh, nice. uh, fast plant, one foot table at one of the parks in Eugene. But, uh, he, he just has some kids and he grew up racing and, um, you know, he just kind of wanted to get him into racing. So he started racing on his, uh, he has solid, uh, double a and he just started racing that and then ended up getting a steel panther and kind of getting serious about racing with his kids nice and then you know a few other dudes were starting to get into it and then um my buddy uh john humphreys he is a skateboarder um but he got his kid into it and then he started racing so you know everybody just started like yeah doing more and there you'd see like on the instagram like oh everybody's kind of having fun out there you know and it's covid too like and it's the Northwest. So everybody's going to like Peninsula Indoor, which is a park that's been around forever south of Tacoma. And you're like, oh, everybody's having fun riding bikes. I mean, and that's, you know, that's what everybody wants is just to have fun mm-hmm. riding bikes and hang out with dudes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, you know, dudes started going and uh, I just went one day. Oh, no. The first time I raced was last summer at Newburgh, at Newburgh Skate Park. Well, there's a racetrack right next to the big skate park. Mm-hmm. So I raced there. A bunch of us went out and raced. And then, um, then we were like, let's make, make jerseys and have a fake race. team." <laughs> and then we made our jerseys. Uh, and then the fake race team kind of got kind of real fake sponsors. <laughs> and then it's kind of a real team. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, now we just try to go to the track and there's a bunch of kids, a lot of the dudes, you know, sons, uh, race on the team and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we just try to go and just have fun. Like, you know, if you're not going to do good, just jump and yeah, do a trick yeah. or, you know, just, just have fun with your buddies. And it's kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's just how we got into it. So now everybody's racing. Everybody's got race bikes. I'm actually one of the last dudes to get one. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, Trent, everybody's been going racing every week. I was just at the pump track with Casey Badger and he's ripping around on his race bike. Nice. He's crazy fast. So yeah, it's uh I just follow you guys' posts and I've just been very envious because I think I think you guys did it the right way. And I hate to say it, I think I kind of did it the wrong way. I dove in very deep, like very quickly. Because I I was gonna ask you if you see any distinction or any like connection between freestyle BMX and racing. And I've come to realize that in my opinion, I don't see a whole lot of it, man. But like I said, going back to what I said before, I dove in too deep, you know. I think well, I don't I think most people, let's say if you went to the track nowadays, I don't think you would see a connection, right? Which is sad because I think in the early nineties, you used to see a lot of connection, yeah. like the kids going riding jumps in trails afterwards, or, you know, cause everybody's riding like Holmes's or, mm-hmm. you know, even like an old Haro or GT, you could still go ride street on nowadays. Yeah. You get a race bike. You're really not, you don't even want to really take that thing to skate park. I mean, they're no. little rocket ships, you know? No. Um, so you don't see much of a correlation, but it, it's kind of a bummer because it's all just bike riding and it's super, I mean, racing's super fun, mm-hmm. but freestyle's super fun. You know, it's just, right. just BMX is fun. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of cool. Cause since we've been going, like people will follow our Instagram posts and some dudes that used to race or like dudes that just kind of like raced. And then, you know, went to, Hey, I'm riding trails and skate parks, you know, like where you kind of 
like a dude will like start turning 15 X and being like, Whoa, I'm not trying to hit the gym. I'm just going to go to the trails. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but some of those dudes will start coming back and be like, you guys just look like you're having fun. I just want to hang out and root yeah. for the boys and, you know, maybe do a few kickouts and, and that's what we've been doing, you know? And it's like, and it's kind of weird <laughs> that people are kind of into it. Cause <laughs> it's not like, it's not like we were trying to really, we were just trying to go out and have fun and, you know, not, you know, especially with the dudes that have kids, just not be like those overbearing race parents, you know, yeah. which I've went to a lot of tracks. I mean, that's one of those things you just see some race dads like berating their kids. Yeah. And you're like, yo, dude, <laughs> chill out. Let the totally. dude have fun. Like, totally. yeah. Speaking of that, I'm on a couple um, Facebook groups like BMX racing stuff. And the other day, man, this dad or mom or something posted like, I don't know the exact verbiage of it but it was something along the lines of like what's the average rollout speed for a five and under novice or something like that i don't know exactly what it said but i I just commented dear lord like come on man i mean i know dudes that get some of the homies are getting hella into their rollouts and stuff (laughs) um you know i don't think that's us bad i just think like no it's cool yeah don't get me wrong when the kid's just out there like you know, and he's excited to see his friends and he's racing, but you know, the dad's out there and the dad's already dropped like two grand on this, yeah. you know, expert <laughs> and the kid gets a bad gate and the dad just on him or, you know, you're like, no, oh, out, let the kid, it's about, you know, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. It, that stuff bummed me out when I was younger. I think like mm-hmm. when I started being able to drive to the rec track, that's kind of what I was like, oh shit, you know, yeah. like. I can just go have fun and ride around the streets. I don't need to have some race dad, dad get me. I mean, even when we go to track, a lot of the young dudes on the team have like long hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of them have like, like a uh, little REA. I think everybody knows him as uh, ripe life on Instagram, mm-hmm. him and um, this kid, Max that are on the team. They both have like dreads. Like yeah. Max is just like really dirty hair, <laughs> <laughs> Like, but they're like missing. And it just looks like, our little kid team looks like a bunch of bad news bears with just long hair and like yeah. ripped up jeans. And I've heard, you know, you've heard some parents be like that, that team's like white trash. Look at oh, that. God. <laughs> and you're just like, chill out. Like, you know, like we're just here with some little kids having fun. Like, yeah. uh, sorry. We, I, you know, I, who knows what, but you know, yeah. there's always that weird parental race drama at the tracks that, mm-hmm. It's kind of, I think it does turn off a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing you had mentioned was jumping fences when you were younger. I, again, on a couple of these Facebook groups, people were complaining about BMX rider, you know, freestyle guys jumping the fence and kind of just hitting the track. They had posted like some screenshots of some kid on a, it's an obviously a skate park bike jumping yeah. the tabletops. They like, to and call I, them, they like to call them park bikes when you're racing. Park bikes, oh, he's yeah, up there on his park bike. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, man, jumping fences has been like a big part of freestyle BMX forever. It's just part of the game, man. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of lucky in Oregon. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure all of our racetracks, I'm not quite sure about the Southern Oregon ones or the one in Redmond Bend, but the ones in the Valley, like off of I-5, I'm pretty sure they're all public. So that makes it to where if they're not running races, you're legally allowed to just ride the track. Oh, cool. So 
if you just wanted to go out and practice, I mean, the gate won't be running, but if you just want to go out and ride the track, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, I'm off school. I'm going to go ride the track and work on that second straight. Right. You can do that, you know, and you'll see parents out there with like some kids on their striders or whatever. That's always kind of been a thing in Oregon. So, I mean, that, that track that was in Bend growing up, mm-hmm. that one wasn't like that, but I, we never really, we never got, I mean, there's no Facebook groups or cameras and stuff like there is now, but you know, we never, ever got in trouble for that one. So I don't know what would happen, but nowadays it seems like most of the tracks here, I don't know about Washington, but most of them in Oregon are public. So people just ride them, you know, wow, that's cool, man. I mean, that's the same kind of with our skate parks is yeah. most of them don't have fences around them. Mm. You know, it's yeah. just part of the park. You just walk in and no one's unlocked, you know, like you go to California stuff, people are, Oh, the park didn't get unlocked today or this. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's just part of the park. It's just like, uh, there's a playground, there's a skate park, you know? Yeah. For some reason, I just, I cringe super hard at a skate park with a fence around it. I don't oh, know yes. why, man. I just, it just, I mean, I think the way I look at it is like, I ride bikes for like freedom and expression and all yeah. this, and, you know, it's like you put a chain and a lock on something. It, it It's just taken away from how I want to, yeah. how and when I want to express myself, you exactly. know? Exactly. You're putting a damper on my self-expression. My yeah. Self-expression. Where you're, and then people, well, I mean, California, I don't, I think it's gotten better down there, but back in the nineties, you know, you go to a Cali skate park, you were always jumping the fence because they never unlock them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they never allowed bikes anyway. So you're just like, you know, so you were always jumping fences down, down in Cali back in the day to try to try to ride skate parks. Yeah. Uh, one, there's, there's a guy on your team who I want to give a quick shout out to. I've never met this person, but Josh Clemens. Oh yeah. Josh. I know he was like, kind of like a street dude and yeah. you had posted a clip of him. It seemed like it was like a racetrack with a quarter pipe in it. And he like, he was going super fast and then just blasted the quarter pipe. I was like, this is freaking everything. Yeah. So he, he's from Klamath Falls, Oregon. You know, I've known Josh since, you know, he's 27 now. I've known him probably since he was like 14. Oh, sweet. Um, he used to come to Portland and ride with like Cody Larson and uh, a bunch of dudes like that age. Mm-hmm. Like he was tail up in like 10 stairs when he was like 15. Wow. Um, and then he ended up riding for volume and demolition for a while. Um, and then working for them. And then kind of, I think just, you know, he moved to California and I think he just kind of st- wanted to step back and just, yeah. just, just ride, you know, where sometimes you get sponsored and stuff and you're like, this isn't really what I wanted. Yeah. I, I don't know what Josh's whole thing, but he moved back yeah. to Oregon um, and he grew up racing too. And his dad uh, has, I've known about it. His dad's really good friends with one of my best friends. Who's like 10 years older. So his dad was a really good freestyler, a uh, good racer. His mom races, his mom still races. His dad wow. still races. Cool. So he put together a Corey Walsh frame that he had. <laughs> nice. And, I mean, it's a race bike, you know, but he, and he's got his gear set up, right. And, and has that thing all set up. But that spot that you saw him at is, uh, up in Astoria. And, uh, there's, a my, my friend, Eric, um, his two kids are on the race team and they live up there and Eric's always got something going on. He's always got something in the fryer and with COVID they couldn't use, uh, their armory up there, you know, where you'd use it for certain events and stuff. So he, he rented it for a year, the gymnasium, oh. put ramps in for his kids. So we have a little starting gate, some rollers, a little box jump, and then a nine foot cord. <laughs> That's awesome. And a wood berm. So it, it's definitely cool, but they've, they've been just traveling around hitting races. So we haven't got to ride there much, but yeah, I'd, I want to go there and film a few things like, 
before it's gone because it's just kind of a cool little setup, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a and Josh is dude, he's he's awesome. He he started racing. He used to race expert like 20 years ago or something, you know, when he was Josh, a kid. Josh did. Yeah. And then he started racing again. And I think somebody at the track that knew him complained and then they had oh, they bumped him up to intermediate. So he's been racing <laughs> intermediate. Nice. Um there's a similar track in it's in Rock Island, Illinois. Okay. And during the winter, they it's it's basically just like an empty building, but in the winter they take like modular, it looks like skate park ramps, tabletops, rollers, and they just put them in there. But there's no yeah. berms; it's flat berms or flat turns. Yeah, and, uh, dude, it just looks so cool, and all the racers fucking hate it, man. They absolutely- yeah, they kind of they did something like that kind of here in Bend, except there's no jumps. There's an indoor go kart track. Oh. And they were having races there, and uh, but there's no jumps or anything. It's just these hella tight <laughs> turns. I mean, I think it's cool for like some parents to get their young kids out and just pedaling yeah. around. Uh, I, I know, I think a few older dudes went and they were like, "Nah, this is this yeah. for me." But you know, I think sometimes if you just have some kids that are seven and you're just trying to get them excited about bicycles, like, yeah, that stuff's fine. But yeah. I, the thing that by you sounds like, you know, in the late seventies and early eighties, sometimes they'd have indoor races with wood ramps. Yeah. Like nationals. For sure. Yep. Um, going back to the connection between freestyle and racing or lack of a connection, if you will. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I've noticed is, I don't know, to me, freestyle BMX is more of like an all encompassing lifestyle to where like it dictates your your clothes, the music you listen to, the things, you know, the things you're interested in. And in BMX racing, I don't see a whole lot of that, man. Like I can't picture like BMX racing music as a, you know, like props rock, if you will. I think there is. I mean, I know dudes where it's full and all encompassing for them. Like my buddy, Brent Lee, um, he's, he used to race for power light in nineties. His nickname's points leader because he's accumulated the most points ever as an amateur. And there's literally, no way somebody could catch him ever. Um, you know, I think he raced pro for a while and now he races uh 45 over expert, but he goes to almost every national, you know, so that is, that's his lifestyle. Now the music, you know, I think it's just area, you know, you, you're in an area, it might be country music, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're in an area. It could be just like jock rock or something, but <laughs> yeah, I know there's definitely a lifestyle like him and his buddies, uh, you know, I know dudes that'll just work to take, get flights to that next national, you know? Yeah. And, uh, they're just, you know, they want to get a certain nag plate, you know, and so they're going to to every national trying to just, just, uh, to get, to get somewhere just to get a plate, you know, which, you know, it's almost in a weird way. Like, I mean, BMX, especially in the, in North America, our contest scene is just weird. You know, you see Mm -hmm. Europe and, sometimes Australia and you're like, Oh, you guys really do way better with contests than we do, you know? But, uh, you know, I don't see that many freestyle kids. I think maybe your generation, since you're like one under me, you Mm -hmm. travel a lot, but I don't see a lot of the younger generation traveling as much for freestyle as they did maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. I, I could maybe not be seeing that because I'm older. Um, but I still do think if you're super into that racing, you are traveling a lot, No, you know, for sure. Um, but yeah, the freestyle thing, I think traveling might've slowed down a little, you know, just with the amount of skate parks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A big trip for us was going to Changa world, man. And we'd do that like once, twice a year. And that was it. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I feel thankful that I got to ride the OG Chango world. Like, you know, yeah. uh, that was definitely like, if you were a mid-school dude, um, it was definitely a destination point that you, you needed to go to. And oh, it was yeah. crazy. The first time you go there, you're like, it's in this place. <laughs> I know. Right. We stayed like some motel across the street. It was hella gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We drive by the building. Um, pretty much every time we go to Changa two and like Ray's, we always What's, drive is it by just the abandoned now. Yeah. It's just a, it's just an old building old, like what was it? A grocery store. And yeah, it was a grocery yeah, store. It's an abandoned building now. Man, that was really fun back then. I mean, I know indoor parks and how skate parks are set up have changed, mm-hmm. um, but it was fun. It had some interesting obstacles. And I mean, the, the wood rhythm was so new at that time that it was yeah, crazy. For sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that place, it, it was fun. It was definitely, you had to go there, you know? Yeah. There is a skate park in St. Louis that I've been dying to get to. It's called Ramp Riders. I'm sure you've heard of it. But... Yeah, yeah. No, I've been there a few times. Oh, have you? Cool. I'm, yeah. I'm dying to get there, man, because to me, it's like one of the last of those like era skate parks. Yeah, like or... kind of the like super epic indoor. Yeah. And there, I mean, you could go to Rays and stuff like that, but they're all kind of geared towards that, you know, track style. Trail Flowing rhythm. rhythm. Yeah. Which super fun. I mean, yeah. dude, every time I've been to Rage twice, it's super fun. Yeah. But that Ramp Riders definitely seems like the the last of those like indoor, like just epic, very much leaning. I mean, I'm sure people skate there, but very much leaning towards a BMX yep. Yep. style. Hardcore, gritty, do some fucking lip tricks. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the Midwest. <laughs> you guys <laughs> yeah. got those gnarly indoor parks. Yeah, it's funny, man. Uh, the first time I, I didn't even, I didn't even really run into you, but I just kind of, I saw you from a distance at the pit and you were, um, Dirty Dan was introducing you to his mom. I don't know why I remember this moment, but I, <laughs> I was remember standing, that night. Yeah. I was standing like next to you guys. And I was like, you're like, Hey, I'm Shad or something. Yeah. The <laughs> pit, so dude, I, I was happy just to get right at the pit bowl, like back yeah. then, because the pit was definitely iconic for, you know, mid school era, you know, and that yeah. bowl definitely didn't disappoint. I just remember riding it and me and Ryan sure were riding it a bunch. And he hit that nice ice grind around the corner that night, which nice. I was, I kept trying, but I could, I, I just suck at ice grinding through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, got a question for you, man. There's a, there's a female writer who is local to here because she goes to school uh, in Indianapolis, but she's from Bend, Oregon, but she's, uh, she's super fast. And I think she's like working her way up through the ranks. Her name is Olivia Armstrong. Have you heard of her? I've heard of her um, and Bend, like I said, is like, you know, 40 minutes from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like I'm still learning a lot of these, the young kids that are coming up, you know, like nag kids and yeah, you know, it's, that's, what's kind of been fun for racing with me. Like, it's almost like I'm super into basketball because it's a world away from what I'm into, you know, like with freestyle. Yeah. 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 I, everybody I looked up to and was into like, I kind of know not trying to sound like a asshole or something, you know, just, but you know, you. I've been around BMX long enough to where everybody that I was heroes with is like, I know them, you know? Yeah. Um, so like basketball for me is like where I can have like my heroes and like, to be like, Oh my gosh. I love but now that, with man. racing. Um, I, I can go to races and like, you know, if like I saw Eric Roop or if I saw mm-hmm. some, you know, vet pro, I'd probably freak out because right. I've been looking up to him since I was younger, but I am starting to know some of the AMs mm-hmm. and I've heard her name and I know Bend has had a few super fast AMs come out of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm always rooting for anybody from central Oregon. Cause it's <laughs> uh, another, uh, another I mean, Indiana person, uh, 
I think you probably heard of this one. His name is Brian Streeby. Oh yeah, yep. I went to I went to uh, Russia with Brian. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, when he was on Redline. That's hold so on, cool. which, hold on, Brian. Hold on, name the brothers' names. I might be mixing it up. Brian, um, Adam. Brian's won the road for Redline, right? I think Brian was the he. He's the one that tried to loop the full pipe at um, Kokomo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've, I've hit my head a bunch, but yeah, I went to I went to Russia for a stuntman contest with Brian, and <laughs> cool. uh, you know the Streebies are definitely you know very legendary family yeah yeah he's still he's brian's still around he still races he's very like avid into the racing here and it's pretty cool man yeah he was dude he's 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 a ripped big dude i'm sure he can kill it racing and i remember when i'd wake up every morning when we were in russia for this thing and he just had like a protein powder and he'd just take a cupful and just dump it in his mouth and that was like <laughs> classic that was his food till dinner <laughs> <laughs> you just put awesome. that in his mouth dry and just swallow it i was like whoa dude. oh that's so cool man I, I earlier i asked you what your favorite frame was of all time what about your favorite race frame so favorite race frame like i think the you know i've talked to, about this with some of my friends um i really want to say but it's not but part of me really wants to say a jmc daryl young just because he's <laughs> such a oregon icon and i'm such <laughs> a homer but it's not uh i would probably the way the, the frames I like the, that look the best to me um, would be uh, GT Pro Series from like '88 to '92. Yeah, um, I like the the graphics. I like the way the frame looks. Um, you know, and a lot of people, it's like that's such an ancient frame, but I I like and I like the colors GT had. I like I almost yeah. painted my new race frame that that GT blue. Mm -hmm. um, but I went. I was trying to go to olive green, but turn more army green. But uh, I would say that GT Pro Series. And at the time, I mean, Gary Ellis was just destroying fools. So, you know. It, yeah, uh, kind of a dream bike of mine would be one of those either Pro Series or the Mach One from that era. But like the seat, the seat posts painted the same color as the frame. You know. Oh, so blue. if you had a black frame, just black posts and stuff. And like a blue with a blue post. I, they, yeah, they, yeah. That's how. So that, but that's how they all they all were. And you know, you'd have yeah. just like polished seat clamp or yeah you know because the frame fork bar seat post were all painted to match totally man those were so sick i thought you might have went auburn dude no no i mean todd corbett was sick back in the day and i kind of and a lot of freestylers rode uh auburns back in the day so they were kind of which i don't know why but i know like steve swope and a few dudes rode vert on auburns you know and they were just <laughs> That's uh, awesome. they were basically just dyno front ends without the platform and then they just bolt on those back ends yeah um but no the gt definitely the gt pro series just seems fast the auburn just seemed if i was gonna race it just seemed a little clunky my buddy frank had one and uh i don't know his bike kind of looked bobo back in the day <laughs> <laughs> what about voris dixon a uh, vdc yeah uh that's a little before my time uh i mean i knew about him I think they were rare back in the day and yeah. it's kind of like a, a, a kooky bike. I mean, dudes want them. They're super highly collectible. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they ride, but I wouldn't have wanted that for racing, you know, high quality, man, the welds. I remember seeing them and they're just like perfect, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, dudes sweat VDC stuff like crazy, but you know, just one of those things that just didn't seem obtainable, you know, like, I think if I didn't get a GT, it would have probably been a, you know, let, let's say I just wanted to be a real racer kid back in the day. If I could have mm -hmm. got into it, it would have been a GT. And then after that, it would have probably been a boss. Hell yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So 
you uh you went down recently, man, and I gotta say I was watching that clip and it was really I was really pulling for you and then you you, you ate shit and I was like, How did he fall? And it was really kind of an embarrassment to the freestyle community, man. So what happened? <laughs> I don't it was a governor's cup. <laughs> I don't know how I wrecked. <laughs> um and I went up and I was all super excited to to I never really raced the full gate yet. And that's that that PI track. Mm-hmm. Um so the lanes are kind of narrow there because it's indoor. Um and I felt like I got the best gate I ever have, but I, I, my gates suck. And I have like a 28, nine, I was riding my, my <laughs> yeah. freestyle bike that I kind of had raced out. Um, and then, you know, I was in the middle of the pack and we, there was like a set of quads and then the second turn and, uh, you know, everybody's kind of bunched in. I, I took the, the turn low and I passed two dudes and I thought I passed three dudes, but I didn't. The other dude was like right there with me and I didn't see him in my peripheral. Oh, okay. So I thought I got around all three dudes to where I, I think I would have been in third place, but I was basically tied. You know, I, if I'm remembering right, I'm, I was like right there, but I didn't see this other dude. Um, but I, you know, then going to the rhythm section and for some reason I drift to the right and I didn't know that dude was there. I think I was drifting to the right to try to set me up for the next turn because I was, I was yeah. way too shred boned. And I thought it, and it's literally the first moto of the whole thing. Um, and I thought I could maybe get around that other dude, but I kind of pushed over. And then me and this dude's bars, I think mine went on top of his, is what a few people said. Oh, uh, okay. And then when I went to push down a roller, there's nothing there. Yeah. And we both went down. And uh, I remember, you know, in any wreck where it kind of goes slow mo, I was like, don't put your foot down because, yeah. you know, like, I feel like in a rhythm, I'm like just going to break your leg, putting your oh, foot down or something. Yeah. So I just bounced off the top of the roller and uh, broke some ribs and like Fuck. really hurt, hurt my like groin hip flexor area. Damn, dude. And uh, that dude dislocated his knee. He's like some old oh. skateboarder dude that races. I I felt pretty bad. <laughs> so, um, yes. And I just started kind of pedaling around since that. But yeah, I don't know. Uh uh, a few of the guys who joked around said it looks like I have a stroke and I just, <laughs> dude. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. I don't, I don't know how I, you know, you're watching something and it, when you're watching it and it doesn't seem like what you remember. It totally like, I don't, I did not see that dude there, but I don't understand him being there or not. If I had just kept straight in that, that, that mm-hmm. rhythm, I would have been fine. But uh, for some reason I just drifted over. Yeah, it's a weird, you know, like, and then the worst thing is when you watch yourself race and you're like, fuck, oh. I'm going so much slower. Than oh, my God. I know. <laughs> God, that is the absolute worst, dude. I like my yeah, son you- filmed me one day and I watched it. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that's me. No, no, that wasn't it. I was racing my first national and I watched like the live broadcast back. Yeah. Watched my moto. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like you you feel like you're flying. I mean, I yeah. wonder if like sometimes the pros watch that and you know, because they're just absolutely just smoking. Yeah. And if they watch it and they're like, damn, I look a lot slower. Than like, I, yeah, I guess it's know. probably relative to the people you're riding with and shit. I mean, but you I think I mean, a growing up riding freestyle, you know, you, you gotta learn how to pedal different. You know, I I, yeah. I don't think I chop blocks, but I know a lot of dudes uh mm-hmm. that do, you know. Um, but sometimes you'll just see those 15, 16 X's and you're like, this dude just got two more gears than I do. Like yeah. going around this totally. track, like, like 
I don't understand how some of them go that fast. I'm excited to go out. Hopefully I can get my race bike together maybe this week. And I'm not going to race yet because my ribs are still pretty tender, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and do some gates and nice. I'm excited just to see how that feels with an actual real gearing, you know? Yeah. Has the, uh, the team and just the whole, the whole racing thing helped your shop at all? Yeah, no, um, we're actually going to, um, I mean, everything always moves a little, I think it could be me, but moves a little slower than, <laughs> um, than normal, but we have a whole race website that we're about to drop. Nice. I mean, it's not, we ain't no J and R or anything, but it's yeah, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Uh, but we have a goods BMX racing.com. Uh, we're going to hopefully drop that soon. I mean, we kind of want to put a little promo race video out with mm-hmm. it. So we might do that. Um, but we have, a, we, we have a, we, we have a good little amount of race stuff in the shop. Um, and you know, we're going to go put post it online and just kind of run it separate than the freestyle one. But you know, if you came into the shop, you'd be able to get it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's definitely helping. Um, I mean, it's fully helping. Like you go to the, track and it's just like you know everybody's so chatty at the track and you know especially with like some race dads or people that are getting into it, they want to learn so much that or just find out stuff that they they'll come to shop and just bullshit yeah. and mm-hmm. you know there's been some people that have gotten race bikes and they came back and got a freestyle bike and yeah you know and you know it's it yeah it's it's definitely good you know yeah um, i really I think go ahead i was just gonna i think you know sometimes when people open shops you get, I mean, I didn't know that much about racing and I'm sure some dudes know way less than I do, but, um, you know, some parts of it will, will scare people off, you know, yeah. like, especially if like, you're like a kid that just rides street or something and you're right. like, I'm gonna open this BMX shop. And, you know, I know people that open shops and they won't even want to do service. And I'm like, dude, you're losing out on money, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's definitely helped. Um, and it's definitely helped that, uh, I have some awesome friends around me that even know more about racing mm-hmm. um, and help me with things. So, um, yeah. 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 Um, I was going to say, man, you I think you guys are really onto something here. I know you didn't plan any of this stuff, but really you've become like the link. It, like for me watching it's you're the link between freestyle and racing. And that's something that I really needed when I started racing because yeah. like I said, I fucking dove in, man. And I just, I bought us this race bike that feels like complete shit. You know what I mean? And like, I what, what did, you, did you get a chase? What race frame did you no, get? I, I got a rival racing and okay. It, it, it is indie based, which is cool, but like, it just feels stupid, man. And do you think, do you think you would have liked a chromo frame, like a standard or something oh, a little better? Dude, absolutely. <laughs> I'm dying to get one, man. Yeah. I don't know how aluminum frame rides. I mean, I know a few of my friends have them. I'm just so, old i think i'd just be fine with the chromo but I, my, <laughs> my my buddy john has a snm that's super awesome and you know he's talked about going to aluminum frame just as i think just because i mean i guess they're I mean, this is how naive i you know th- i think they're stiffer but after time they can get soft and stuff mm-hmm. and you know it's it's bikes i'm a bike nerd i'm always yeah. curious about how it's gonna go off and some some aluminum frames look cool some of them look just disgusting <laughs> yeah <Don't laughs> you know <look> <laughs> so um yeah i don't know uh i don't even know where i was going with that i think no, I, I just gross looking frames for I, I i think like i said i think you guys are really onto something and i i want to just 
I, I want to see you guys keep doing this because it could really get a lot of freestyle dudes into racing. And it's a perfect like segue into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's so many freestyle dudes that used to race. And I think a lot of people, I mean, a lot of my friends, what turned them off with racing is just, you know, a lot of, you, you'll have a group of friends and some of them, you know, when you get like 16 or so get cars or girls or whatever, or some mm-hmm. dudes will just start riding trails and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, dudes will just go to freestyle, you know, but I think if there's something just, you're going to go where your friends are, where you're having mm-hmm. fun. So if you can just keep that stoke up and yeah. go hit a skate park and then go hit the, you know, sometimes if we go a town away, you know, you load up both bikes, you know, and you're yeah. just like, okay, we're, we'll go do this. You know, mm-hmm. um, it does help that one of the tracks here, Newburgh, it's literally the racetrack. And then it, a big ass cement skate park right next to it. So uh, you could go out and do both, you know? Yeah. But I think it's good. I mean, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, sometimes you're like, you know, with anything like with freestyle or with race, you look at sometimes the people that are in charge and you're like, ah, oh, I wish you guys would do this different because yeah. you yep. could get more people into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. And I mean, I think that's the kind of thing with the BMX industry as a whole. And, you know, I'd be like, there's a lot of old guard running stuff, but I'm, I'm like up there too, you know? Mm. Uh, but you just, sometimes you're just like, I think dudes could do this different and make it more fun, but yeah. they're so used to just the status quo of how they've done sure. things for so long that it's just going to stay that way. Cause it works, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it, it, you put it on the the local tracks and I think a lot of them do a really good job, but as soon as you get to like uh, going back to a national, it, the vibe is just completely different again. Like it completely flips, but a lot of these local tracks are doing a really good job of just having yeah, I mean, a hometown feel. Yeah. Every track, I think that has a different feel. And, you know, uh, if you have a good track operator, I mean, you've, I went to some tracks where you're like, Oh, this is awesome. And then you've went to somewhere you're like, this dude doesn't know what's going on, which sometimes, that's just a family member that just tr- their kids are psyched on racing. They're trying to yeah. do the best they can. So not oh, yeah. to take away from the effort that they're putting in. Um, but you know, you can always tell when somebody's making it fun and stuff, and then you go to some place and it's just way too just, you know, like some people, there's just some people that want suck the life out. of things, Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know how national is yet. I mean, I've only didn't been to like big state races. Um, uh, my friend John and Eric and some of the younger kids, uh, they were just down in Phoenix racing and they seem pretty psyched on it. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of waiting around, you know, yeah. which you're just going to get that at any national, you know, mm-hmm. um, but they seem psyched on it. And I don't know if it was cause like it was one of their first ones or whatever, but I've, I've heard uh, what tracks that uh, black mountain, I think. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it's half a mountain now because I remember seeing pictures of that when I was younger and the mountain was really big, but they've excavated it and I've watched <laughs> it on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't look the same. <laughs> but, uh, they, uh, I think that track uh, has always done a really good job. You know, I, I hear people always talk about how they like that track and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just about people having fun. I do think when people started clipping in, it changed the way people raced. Mm. Uh, and I think, uh, 
I feel like that kind of maybe sucked a little fun out of it. Took took a little bit of the banging out of it because people yeah. were scared to go down where back in the day you could put a foot down in the berm and it wasn't yeah. like the end of the world or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So nowadays it's like, okay, so you just want me to go fast. That's Yeah. That's you just all want I, me to go straight. I mean, I'm happy that what kids that are 11 and under can't clip in yet. Like, mm-hmm. and you have to be expert to clip yeah. in. I think they changed it, you know, where you're not having six year olds clipped in. Yeah. But I know racing, like what, when did Brian, I mean, people started clipping, I think around like 98 when, when Lopes came and clipped in Yeah. and uh, I feel like racing kind of changed. I mean, tracks have definitely changed for the better. You watch some of those old nationals and yeah. those tracks look nasty, <laughs> Yeah. but sure. uh, they definitely look a lot faster, but I do think, you know, you've lost a little aggression with racing, which me as an older dude, I liked watching that, but I know sometimes if you're a parent, you might be. <laughs> as much into that as i'm into it you know <laughs> yeah well uh last question for you man um yeah. what are your what are your goals for this year and do you guys plan on going to grands oh i don't know i don't know if we're pl- i mean it's so hard to even set goals right now because everything's so weird and limbo yeah um I mean, my only real goal is just to get my shop kind of up and fully running i mean i barely have posted anything about the status of it on yeah. inst- instagram because yeah, i'm just I've noticed kind of that. Reading tell it's like done done um yeah. i mean i'm not planning on going grands but some of the guys might you know um yeah i know i know we are planning on going to uh the nationals up in spokane i don't think hopefully they don't get canceled they canceled mm-hmm. the ones in redmond that we were going to so hopefully maybe we can have a little tent and all the all the homies you know get nice. the whole goods team up there at that that one up in spokane i think that's in august um how did that just just ride um, and try to make, I, I think we want to make a little race at it. Like a, I don't know how, but just like a little race promo thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, no. I, you know, when you're throwing ideas around your, with your friends, but I think we might make a little track at it yeah. with some of the race team uh, when we drop the race website. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's about it. I mean, no super hard goals this year because the world's weird. <laughs> Like, keep doing what you're doing man i know you like i say you didn't plan on doing something like this but for me as an outsider watching this man it's really has become like the perfect link between the two <laughs> and yeah I, really- I mean that's awesome i mean th- and that that's awesome here because i mean that's all i want to do is just i mean that's all i've ever wanted to do is just people be hyped on bmx you know and it's like bmx is racing it's freestyle you know it's like yeah BMX is jumping off curbs to just go get a Slurpee when you're young or a beer when you're older with some buddies, you know, it's like, so if you can just get people to enjoy BMX, it's good for everybody. It's good for the industry. And, you know, if, if racing does good, freestyle do good. And I'd like it if freestyle is doing good, that racing does good. And I think with COVID racing's gotten a big bump, like, Mm -hmm. because kids can't do team sports. So a lot more people are going out and checking racing out and you know it's like let's make it fun for everybody you know so we have more lifelong bmxers because that's good for everybody fuck yeah man so i appreciate you man um, yeah lots, lots of love for you dude i've been looking up thank to you, you for a long i appreciate time, so. you you chatting with me hell yeah man take it easy go bucks well i mean yeah let's not even talk about my blazers right now they make me sad <laughs> take it easy man all right i'll talk to you later buddy later See ya. Yo, as always, thanks for tuning into the podcast, the broadcast, whatever you want to call it. Thank you. I appreciate y'all being here. Check me out next time.
Yeah, I'm yeah, dude, sick. Every bitch in the country. Me and you, up in the same motherfucking room. On the same level. Fully eradicate my foes, my lyrics explode on contact. Can't